This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0 and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. John, we really are a one-trick pony tonight. There's not a ton going on in, in uh, either of the, the three sports. I mean, there's there's stuff going on, but we talk about big stuff. UFC's not until next week, so we'll focus on uh, UFC next week. But tonight, it's really just the battle of Fighter Fest versus the Great American Bash. And, and we'll, we'll just mostly use our time here talking about that and you know i'll i'll have some stuff uh, before then but that's going to be really the focus of our show which means that the four hours of tv watching you put in last night is going to pay dividends <laughs> yeah it was i did all four hours last night so um yeah it was a it was a fun night though it was it was cool it was, it was cool to be really ex- i mean i'm always pretty excited for wednesdays but like a little extra on this on this wednesday night just because both both people are both companies are putting their best foot forward. Yeah, I I thought it was I thought it was maybe the most fun Wednesday night that we've had. Um, I'm trying to think of you know it's so weird like when you think of what when the shutdown happened everything just sort of blurs together. Um, I'm you know there there have been there have been nights where they've competed really hard against each other, but this one you know it did feel it did feel like a little bit extra. So we will talk about that uh, all that stuff. In a short bit, but uh, obviously tonight, as as per usual, we are uh, sponsored by uh, Bet Online. Um, and also, I just wanted to raise a few other things before we get going. So, Dune and I finally released episode one of the Rocky podcast. So it is out there in this feed, and it is a longer show. Uh, Duan will hopefully be on Monday show, and he and I will talk a little bit more about that. Uh, and I also want to talk a New Japan Cup with him. So we'll save New Japan Cup for Monday's show, because by then we'll we'll have the finals. And um, it, it's it's it was a uh, you know I put it I put I finally put the whole thing together and and it felt really cool. So hopefully people get a kick out of that. I know it is a little bit of a niche thing within a niche podcast, but uh, it was it was a lot of fun to do. And we'll you know it's I, I've been calling it on Twitter our uh, summer series summer mini series in the fight game podcast feed. So there will be there will be nine and then. Dune and I found a, uh, I guess Stallone did the voice for a documentary because Rocky is 40 years, uh, would have been, let's see, 40. Was it 77? No. Yeah. So, yeah. 
I don't know. There was some. There there was some forty years. I, I guess Stallone technically just calls it forty years of Rocky. So, you know, in the seventy six, so probably like forty four years since the original. And he did a doc. There was a documentary that that came out that I had no idea. So, I will probably add that to my docket, and then Duan and I will will talk about that sort of as we go through the series. But yeah, it, it was really fun. It's out there. So check it out. Listen to it. It is, uh, we're not, you know, we're not reinventing the wheel here. There are lots and lots of movie podcasts, and I just tried to uh, do what a lot of those folks do very well. So hopefully we did a good job. Um, And then episode two will be out next Wednesday. We're going to try to be, we're going to try to get on that weekly, every, every Tuesday night, Wednesday morning um, for the next, next now eight weeks, you should have an episode uh, about the Rocky series. So uh, the second thing. I mentioned the New Japan uh, Cup, and I wanted to give an update about our little challenge that we had for the website. And, um, you know, it was funny because uh, Dave Meltzer was winning the uh, the, the challenge, and he, he, he was flexing a little bit uh, on Twitter about how well he was doing. I think he kind of, I think he sort of expected at some point that Taichi was going to lose. That's who he had going all the way. And that happened, so there's no way he can win. He couldn't win anyways. He wasn't... He, I just used him as the measuring stick for all of us. But in the uh, in the running here... So right now, uh, there is a show tonight, or tomorrow morning, so fr- Friday morning, there, there will be a show with Evil and Sonata going head up in one of the semifinal matches, and Kazuchika Okada and Hiromu Takahashi in the second semifinals match so by the time you listen to this it will you will have we will have a finals and like i said doing and i will talk about it on a monday but just to update our bracket here our bracket challenge so with 41 points robert stock still uh is leading uh dave dutra is number two with 40 points and nick mahmoud is also tied with dutra for 40 Shout out to Stockstill and Dutra, though, because they both got all four of the quarterfinalists correct. Funny that Stockstill and Dutra actually um, have the same have the same final and have the same um, championship uh, finals and winner. So I think if it plays out the way that they both want it to, Stockstill beats Dutra by one point. I think that's how it will happen. We'll, uh, uh, I will have more for the folks on our Fight Game podcast page after uh, after the, the semifinals. Uh, Justin Nipper at 39. Like I said, Big Dave also at 39, but with Taichi gone, he's there's no way he can win. Uh, uh, S.T.E. Allen is at 38. Justin Payne, 36. Brady Childs, uh, sorry, Justin Payne, 37. Brady Childs, 36. Juan Carlos Reneo, 36, and J.D. Oliva at 36 as well. I did really terrible, but I I was not going to be in it this year after winning it last year, so I decided to eliminate myself from the bracket. Um, but, uh, yeah, I did, I did, did not do well to pick all. wrong? Is that what you <laughs> No, I just, I just didn't make myself count, so oh, I was just like, oh, like, I'll pick this upset. Who cares? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in it for the competition. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's been a ton of fun. And by this time next week, uh, we will have a winner and we'll have all the gift cards out to, uh, the first, second and third place winner of the challenge. All right. So, um, I guess it's time to just, let's dig in. Um, we should, we should dig in to 
Fighter Fest versus Great American Bash. Uh, I guess one other thing is we will we will pick up uh, our weekly WCW Saturday Night uh, review on Monday show. So we're done with the we're done with um, we want Flair for for this year and for the second half of, of this year we are going to talk about. All the WCW Saturday nights from 1992 from July through December. So we'll cover the whole time period and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll set the table on, on Monday's show for, for all of that. Yeah, so Fighter Fest and Great American Bash night one. They are going to have another head to head with Fighter Fest and Great American Bash uh, night two on Wednesday. The John Moxley versus Brian Cage match is not happening on that show. It will actually be the following week, which they have titled uh, Fight for the Fallen. So that show, I think there's going to be some charity involved, probably related to uh, COVID-19. Um, and so uh, Fighter Fest is going to be without its main event uh, in for, for night two. They'll still, they'll still have some stuff going on, but they'll probably uh, that that was kind of the 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 main the main match their title match uh, John Moxley and Brian Cage, but um, otherwise, like I think I thought both shows had uh, their pros, uh, and and both shows were generally good. So I thought the cons were light uh, on both shows, uh, and I do have I, I I was able to sort of pick a winner on which show I felt was the better show, but it was close because I liked both shows. I think, you know, for um, AEW needed a little bit of a kick in the pants to do something like this because I thought the last few weeks were just sort of, you know, they're, they're kind of on a treadmill. Um, and, you know, NXT is generally solid. Like, in-ring is always going to, they're always going to have a, a pretty good show. And it's just based on how much of uh, angles and stuff that they do that, that I get frustrated with. But I thought, you know, I thought it was a really fun night. Uh, did, did it feel any different from a normal Wednesday night to you based on the themes for these shows? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely I felt the difference. I felt uh, both are, you know, bigger cards and some bigger matchups. So, um, obviously, been the booking for both shows, the build has been leading to these two shows, you know, these last couple weeks. So, so yeah, that, yeah, definitely. I felt, I felt it being in a... Two very important shows for both companies. Okay, so we've been doing this thing in covering these shows where we're not, you know, we're not going match by match. We're not really talking about everything that happened. We're just talking about what we liked and what we didn't. So let's talk about the Great American Bash first. And I will say, in my Hulu version, the thing that I was so frustrated about is I did not get to see the Oni Lorcan and Tim Thatcher match. Dude, that was the match that gotta, I was looking forward to on this show. So actually, second second most uh, I was looking forward to because I obviously Sasha and Io, Io uh, but this was like right after that, and I'm so bummed that I didn't get to see it. So I may have to go back and sort of figure out maybe on the network. It's on, yeah, it's on the network match. now. Yeah, it's already on the network now. Yeah, you got yeah definitely got to go back. I mean, um, yeah, you gotta, somehow you got to figure out this Hulu gimmick because. They cheat you on a lot of stuff, you know. They're yeah, missing like, a good chunk of wrestling. Like three out of the four weeks, it saves my behind from watching stuff I wouldn't like. But yeah, just like like on that night, it's like oh, I was so bummed because I knew I knew they were going to show Roddy and Dexter Loomis, and that was a match I didn't want to see. And because of that, I was like, oh, I'm probably going to get screwed out of Thatcher and Lurkin. Yeah, they just they weren't the. I mean, I I don't know who puts together the Hulu show. I'm sure WWE puts it together right and sends it to Hulu and 
you know, and they're going to feature the matches that they're current the programs, right? So, you know, Thatcher is on his way up. Um, he's still not as featured as like, there's already weeks investments in um, Dexter Loomis and, and Roddy. Yeah. All right. So I'll start with um, one of my likes of Great American Bash, which was, so the women's four-way elimination match I thought was solid, very solid. Um, but there was one woman who stood out to me. I know everyone loved Tegan Tegan Knox. She, you know, she's she's a really good baby face. But when it came to this match, um, I thought like watching this match I was like, okay, this is this is kind of like the you know the, the women's match. It's it's very well practiced. Like they're they're making sure they're in the right spot. And within that, I thought the person who stood out the most to bring their sort of organic self to the match and not really kind of just go into like robot mode was Dakota Kai. Like I thought she was really good again in just her personality and you know, she's, she's a good wrestler too, but her personality stands out so much uh, when she's on this show. And I, it made me wonder, and I'll ask you again, cause we talked about this before, but you know, what, who does she become on the, on the raw or SmackDown show? Because I just really enjoy the difference in her character, which I don't think there's a character like her on Raw or SmackDown. Like, she's very different than everybody, and I think she could stand out on those shows, but also because of the way the booking is, she could get lost, and I hope that's not the case. But to me, she stood out in this match. Um. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Dakota would be good on either brand, Raw or SmackDown. I hope they keep um, Raquel Gonzalez with her when she goes up, I, I really like them together, you know, Raquel Gonzalez being her diesel, you know, to you know, Hirsch being Shawn Michaels, you know, that I, I like that aspect of their, of their group. Actually, this match is on my, is on my, my only not like, <laughs> I did not like this match at all. That was just cause I was just really let down personally, but this match, I, it just, um, I think it fell apart. It seemed like it fell apart towards the, uh, God, I don't know during the second break, there could have, I mean, and that's the something that I, they may have cut out of the version that I watched. Yeah, because it just like was, I, I think I don't know. At, at one point, I thought Dakota got pinned, and it was really close. It was a really close near fall, or, or maybe they she did. And they covered it up. I don't know, but like it just seemed like, and all of a sudden the girls were just kind of like, it just got slow motion all of a sudden. At one point, I think Mia went for like a like she's going for a dive out, but then the uh, someone I think maybe Dakota moved out of the way. And Mia just kind of like, just kind of like lightly jumps through the, the the middle and top rope. And I don't know, man, it just wasn't clicking with me personally. Um, Tegan was driving me insane. I love Tegan. I really like, I really like her. You know, I, I, she's been, she, she has something, but this match here, I, I thought she, she was dropping the ball. Like these, what's with these facial expressions she well, had? So that's on my negative, which is. She had one facial expression all night, which Ugh. is just this facial expression of surprise. Ooh. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Like she yeah. just did that like over and over and over and over. Yeah. She, like the first time she did it, she connects with a big forearm. Um, Dakota Kai comes at her. She moves. Oh, she comes with a big forearm of Candice LeRae in the corner. Um, she moves out of the way because Dakota Kai is coming at her. Dakota Kai hits, hits um, Candice with a big boot. Tegan's like, oh my God. And then, you know, Mia Yim comes to get Dakota Kai, and she ends up moving and hitting Candice, right? And she's, like, just shocked. Like, you're shocked that it's a four-way match? and It's it's four-on-four? Four? Like, 
I didn't get that. And then the end, too, like she's shocked that she's won. You shocked that you've been a professional wrestler how long now? And you're shocked that you won. Like you should be, you know, it should be a reaction to like like a football player scores a touchdown or a guy hits a home run. This, 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 you know, this Buster Posey go, oh my God, I can't believe I hit a home run. You know, I, I can't believe I just hit that double. Like, come on. I just, it's just, just so frustrating. So the, the one, I, I will give her a little bit of benefit of the doubt now. I, I thought exactly the same as you. Because so when I, I, I watch AEW live and, you know, I'm on Twitter and people are, are tweeting about NXT and there's lots of tweets about people feeling great for Tegan and how she is exp- showing her, her expressions and people are really feeling that with her. And so I knew going in, I was like, okay, she's, you know, she's going to be doing something goofy and, and I'm probably not going to like it. But um, I, the one thing I will, I, will, I will say is, as far as giving her the benefit of the doubt, she, her character is booked in this way, right? As like the ultimate underdog, even though I'm not sure exactly why she's the ultimate underdog, because she's pretty much on the same level as everyone else. Like she wins and most of the time and she doesn't lose often, but it's just the way that her character has, has been portrayed as like this underdog of all underdogs. And so to that extent, maybe the surprise face fits, but from what I've watched and all the matches I've watched with her and her comeback from the knee injury, like that was a while ago now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we don't, we're like, that's not the same story, but it seems like they're still telling that story, even though I'm like, okay, I've seen that. She's come back. She's already beat Dakota Kai. So what is she really coming back from now? She should be in this spot. Like she should, she should really, This she should have won the match and she did. So yeah, I, I was, I was with you. Yeah, I, I, shocked, I didn't get it. She shocked she beat Dakota Kai, but she beat her in a six-woman tag match at In Your House. So, I mean, she should be excited that she won and she gets this title shot. That's the reaction she should give, not just being shocked. And like I said, it drove me nuts. But, on the other hand, this is Chloe's favorite match of the night. <laughs> of course. And we had to watch it twice. We watched it. To the, <laughs> we actually watched it today. Awesome. Because she didn't... Um, well, we watched that match. Of course, that was the first match that she saw that. So, I'm not... I don't know how I don't know if I wanted to cry or grab her and hug her and throw her in the air, but I'm out there watering my garden. Yeah, I'm getting old now. I've got a garden, <laughs> watering my tomatoes and my zucchinis. And Chloe comes out there, and I'm like, "Go inside, go inside." You know, I don't want to get your feet wet and all this stuff, right? And she goes, "Daddy, do you watch wrestling?" And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> stop everything, <laughs> right?" So I said, "Yeah," because she went to bed right before Rhea's match. So we watched that match, and she's like, "No, no, I want to go back to the after." You know, she's excited that Rhea won, but she's like, "No, no, I want to go back to the beginning." I'm like, "God, I don't want to watch that match again." <laughs> <laughs> so we watched the game before she went to bed. So, so is she a Tegan fan? Oh, she that's who she picked. She she didn't understand at first it was a four women's match. She you know she didn't understand that there's every woman for themselves. So she thought it was a tag team because she's seen tag team wrestling. So she was she picked Tegan and Mia to win. I'm like, well, only one girl can win. Who do you want to win? And so she picked Tegan. So she got it, she got it correct. She was super excited when she won. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so my second thing, um, I know that Io and Sasha got cut down as well. It's probably, but I don't know how long that match was. I probably saw eight minutes of it, and I thought it was good. I, I liked it. You know, to me. Sasha is an absolute rock star and always has been. And this is kind of like another chance for her. And so I, I pretty much love everything she does right now. And I really, I really like the match. Um, I don't think it was, you know, I don't think, it, I, I think they could have, 
you know, if they wrestle 10 times, this is probably like in the middle. I, I think they could totally have better matches, but I thought it was really good. You know, it's set up, uh, it's, it sets up an angle with Asuka getting involved. It allows an NXT woman to, to pin someone on the main roster, which is totally cool. As long as, you know, S- Sasha's just not the setup person. Um, and you know, I thought all that stuff worked out very well. I will say that maybe it didn't live up to my expectations of maybe being the best match they could ever have, but still, it was good, and I was I was happy with the outcome. Yeah, this was the best match of the two night. I mean, two shows. I thought, like, you know, I'm. It sucks they cut stuff out on the Hulu of this match for you. That's it was a really good match, and I thought everyone did a great job. Everyone in that match was fantastic. Um, I thought everyone got over at the end. Like no one was hurt by this. Um, the the psychology was great. The timing on everything was great. Sasha and Io have some tremendous chemistry together. Um, and like they said, this is a first meeting, so you don't want to give out give everything away right now, right? You don't want them to go balls out and just do a bunch of million things. Like let's say some stuff for the future. So I thought Except, they did a great job. The, the, the only thing though is if you're promoting this as you know, they didn't necessarily promote it as uh, a takeover, but they promoted it as a special show. So, you know, when you do that, I do think the expectation is is that they're going to do a little bit more than they would on a TV show, a normal TV show. Oh, they still did a lot. I mean, I mean, EO got to shine a lot. Sasha, I mean, I have so much respect for Sasha now, even more. Like she was, you know, she did business. She was out there putting her over. It wasn't that that. You know, you see it all the time when, like, uh, you know, someone someone with higher status comes in, and and you know, they're they're making the the person that's coming up just work from behind the whole match, and you know, it, this is no, she was bumping her ass off for EO, and it looked good. The finish was great. I thought the finish was perfect. It set it set up. It helped. You know, Oscar and Sasha's thing. It you know they I loved it, the fact that you know when. Um, the mist was sprayed into Sasha's face. Sasha got the palm strike and she falls flat on her face. Her hair is covered in her face. So the referee, who's Tom Caster, which is mm-hmm. really awesome that he got the main event, he doesn't see the, he doesn't see the mist. He doesn't see the her in her face. Right? He can't tell. All he sees is hair, right? And he's checking on her. So that was great. The tug of war with Bailey and Tom was perfectly timed. The throwing the like I said, the timing was perfect. And then I loved the. I thought, oh man, I I, I didn't want the the roll up pin out of the mist. I thought that was a great near fall. And I'm glad they let her EO finish off with the uh, with the moon salt. So I mm-hmm. thought that was perfect. And Sasha's she knows it's not going to hurt her. You know what I mean? Like she's 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 established. It's not going to hurt her for getting pinned here. So I thought, like I said, I thought this was a great piece of business from everyone. And like I said, I thought this was the best wrestling match of the whole show. And, and I want to see more matches between these two. And I hope that sets up something for the future. And and uh, you could tell Sasha was into this match big time. Like, you, you know, you could you could feel it. EO, you could feel it. So, yeah, man, I, I thought I thought it lived up to expectation. And I and I, they gave me more. They, they gave me a reason to want more, which is good. They are doing really good stuff on social media, too. Mm. You, you know, Sasha and Bailey totally get what this time is about, where, you know, they they they, they know everyone is is uh, sitting at home. And, and so they're doing more. They're 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 both active on social media. They're doing videos. They're doing promos. And I hope. A, that she doesn't get hurt because I know she she's 
gotten hurt a lot in the past because of uh, her style. Um, and B, if if they go all the way with her at some point, with Charlotte not being around, with Becky out uh, while uh, you know becoming a mom, I think it's a perfect opportunity for Sasha to kind of get back what she had several years ago. And for whatever reason, you know, multitude of reasons that, you know, she wasn't the, the, the top one anymore because she still has every single thing that you would possibly want in a, in a superstar. So I'm so happy to see her back being herself and being her and smarter and wiser and hopefully safer so she doesn't get hurt. And I think she's just I've always thought she's had so much star quality. So I'm, I'm glad to see her back at the top. I just unfortunately during these during these times with the no fans. I mean, I think that I think what they're doing now with Sasha and Bailey, you know, slowly, slow, very slowly, teasing a breakup between those two because we know it's going to happen. But yeah, let's let's put that thing off for a while though. It, it it'll happen. And it'll be good. But I just don't want to see it yet. Yeah, no, no, they shouldn't. They shouldn't. But uh, like I said, that's what makes it so exciting. Like you know, maybe man, there's there's been some hints here and there, but nothing, mm-hmm. nothing too big, which which I really really appreciate. So, you know, I just hope it happens when there's actually fans because I think the fans would make a, a huge reaction to that to that uh, to that moment. So, let's hope you know. Let's hope that we kind of nip this damn COVID nineteen in the butt pretty soon. But. And that's going to be a little while. People don't wear masks. I know. Wear your masks. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, um, so my other favorite, my third favorite thing of the night was, uh, I thought the Keith Lee video package was very well done. Um, you know, there there's spoilers out there if you want to see them uh, for night two, but I... Bummer, man. I know. It, I didn't even want to say anything, but it's kind of like, to not say anything is kind of like pretending it didn't happen. Uh, the The... But it's great. I thought the video package is great. I'm so much looking forward to their match next week. And, you know, he's he is a, he is a easily likable person, yeah. character. Yeah. Very easy to like. Very easy to like. He has a great a great heel to play off of Adam Cole. Um, I still think it's going to be a great match. So I'm still looking forward to it, even though the results are already out there. But um, maybe it was one of those weird things like, the, you know, hey, Mankind wins the Mick Foley wins the world title. Go, you know, go turn over there. And maybe people knowing ahead of time, some people knowing ahead of time, or maybe make, they shot two finishes and we really don't uh, know what happened. Uh, I don't think <laughs> <did> that, <laughs> yeah, I don't think they did that, but uh, no, that the prime, the prime target stuff. I, um, this, this one was really good, the, you know, the one be uh, they did two prime targets before that's what they're calling their 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 little segment, um. You know, the girls one was good leading up to any house. The Velveteen Dream and Adam Cole wasn't that great in my opinion, but this one was a home run for sure. Uh, Okay, what else did you like on your Well, list? the match you missed, <laughs> Timothy Thatcher oh, and Oni Lorcan. I know. Uh, really good, what you expect. Uh, great grappling, physical, hard-hitting. I saw uh, fish hook. So there was a photo of fish hook. Fish hooking. Um, they, it's so funny. I was just thinking about Tim today. Because you know, he, you know, he's had this offer to WWE for a very long time. I don't know if I'm really revealing anything that people probably don't know, but I mean, he's uh, had that, that. That's that's definitely been covered. Meltzer has yeah. been writing about that. I mean, he can have his, you know, for a couple of years now. Yeah, he's had his own ticket there for the longest time. The open door, like whenever you want. And so he finally pulled the trigger. And I think whatever anxiety he had from you know signing and maybe those you know just kind of wasn't sure about it. I, I think. 
you know, I think he's safe here. I think he's found a really good home in NXT. You know, he's well protected there. They know him, his character really well. And they're adding to his character. Like, I love this sadistic submission, you know. he's He must be like, I'm trying to remember the guy's name from, like, the, the snake pit. Like, just, like, enjoying the torture. Maybe a little mm-hmm. bit of Stu Hart, too. Like, mm-hmm. enjoying the torture. You know, and those great training videos, those vignettes they had of him. And even in this match here, when he locks on the uh, Fujiwara armbar on on, on uh, Oni Lorcan, he's holding it. And he just has this smile. And it's not and it's not a smile where it's like, oh, so overly top and so theatrical. It's just like, like a guy, like, in his own head, just enjoying the pain of this other person, right? Mm-hmm. Really good stuff. And um, the other thing I liked about the show overall, I liked, I just liked the variety. Um, I like each each match was different. Um, so that's why I, I mean, that's why one of the things I like, I thought NXT was superior than AEW because AEW, I felt like a lot of matches felt the same to me. But like, you know, NXT show had, you know, different. You know, the four-way was going to be a lot of action and move, 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 move. Uh, then he had the grappling with Oni and um, and um, and Thatcher. And then you had um, the vignette stuff, you know, and then you have, you know, the, the strap match was a little more methodical and a different pace. And then you had, you know, and then you had a, a Tegan. I mean, oh, gosh. Then they had the main event, the EO and, um, and Sasha was really good. So I thought overall, I thought that was a really solid show for NXT. All right, let's take a break from talking about the Great American Bash and Fighter Fest, and let's talk about Bet Online. There's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, BetOnline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and Bet Online is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. Big UFC pay-per-view next weekend as well. And if you need even more, they've simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. If you're looking for something else other than sports, BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. All right, what about dislikes? You mentioned the one thing. Was that your only dislike? The only thing, that's the only thing I didn't like is that women's match. I thought everything else was fine. I thought everything was good. Um, there's some, they had some great promos. They had like, I thought Cameron Grimes had an awesome promo uh, this week, like totally disregarding Damian Priest. And he's like, he's raised for the title shot. He wants the winner of, uh, he wants the winner of Keith Lee and Adam Cole. So I, I, just, I love what he's doing right now with Cameron Grimes. All right, I have. I already mentioned one, which was Tegan Knox's facials. <laughs> I have two more. Um, Dexter Loomis is like, I, I'm so out on him, and I wonder why. Why? Why, why is everyone down on Dexter Loomis? He's. I think, the, I think the hardcore fans are down on him, which is weird because he's so like he. People want different. They scream different. Everyone, no, WWE's all the same, but like he's pretty different. And you, di- I, I like him. The match was. Boring to me, especially when, you know, someone like Roddy generally has good matches every time. The strap match is a limiting match in of itself. Um, and I just think, you know, when, when when I normally watch Roderick Strong and go, oh, you know, I'm going to get a good match. And then I, I know who he's facing and I go, I know I'm not going to like this. And then I watch it, and it's like I I got the the cut version too. I think I only got like 
eight or nine minutes of it, and I think it was like sixteen minute match. Mm-hmm, like, yeah. Oh my god, I got saved! Like because I didn't like it at eight or nine minutes, and I mm-hmm. I, I would have hated it at sixteen. So all all I hope like look he can he can be the, that character. That that's fine. Like that they're they're trying new things. Totally fine. But when you have like such an ace worker like that, like I don't know, I, I my whole the whole time I'm just going like I hope this is over. I hope this is over because I want to see not only undisputed era but Roddy himself like move on because it's just I think it's so limiting to be in something like that for him. But that that, that was my number one with a circle and a star and an exclamation point mm-hmm. on the end. And that was really the only thing I would say that I that I super disliked. The, the other thing that I kind of disliked was uh, the Rhea match. Um, and, you know, it's fine when Rob Stone is, like, just in, like, goofy gear, like, pretending he's, like, Jameson from primetime or whatever. The second this dude takes off his shirt, he can't keep pretending. Because that dude is jacked. He looks like an athlete. He was trying to look like a goofball. But I'm like, okay, the second you take off your shirt, you're you're a wrestler. You can't you can't say that you're not anymore. So that that kind of took me out of what they were trying to do. I wish that he would have just wrestled in like his suit or whatever. I think it would have been more fun that way. But the second he took it, I was like, okay, like I can't believe yeah. that you know you're this goofy weird guy anymore. You're jacked up wrestler like you look great like this tells me that maybe i mean i think the i think he does the character well but it also tells me that this is not kind of who he thinks he is but he also he didn't he didn't wrestle like a wrestler too he he, you know he's bumping around like a goofball and and um i thought he did good yeah he looks great you know with his shirt off and everything but like as his movements as as in in the ring i thought he bumped around like a manager uh he took some really Good bumps. He did the, the Pescado dive out thing, which is he, he missed. He yeah, totally yeah. missed. And you know, this is just you know, this is like okay, this is this is good Gaga because it's only done once this show, instead of like a whole show of Gaga, right? That's what I really. That's why I liked. It. And this match was this match was fine for what it was. You know, it gives Rhea something to do between not now they're holding her away from EO for, EO for a little while and maybe something else. I don't know. And so you know, so this is like a little good little just a little get over thing for her and she looks like a badass of beating two people a man and a woman at the same time and chloe was into it man she was totally into it so i mean it worked man chloe's you now she's doing she's doing the the rear ribby hook them horns <laughs> arms crossed now so no and look she's an absolute star but you know i have to say the charlotte thing wasn't good for her and she's in a placeholder thing now. It, it, it kind of reminds me in a, a little bit. This is a, this is an interesting analogy here, but um, you know, whenever whenever Austin didn't have the title and wasn't in the main event picture, which was a small amount of time, you know, after 1988, but there were pockets of time where you know he's doing angles with uh, Coachman or he's doing stuff with Ric Flair, and he's not in the main event, and he would just have to kill people. All the, you know, all the non, you know, non-main eventers, just, they would just come out here and they'd feed and he'd kick their ass because he needed something to do because they didn't have any, a strong program for him. And that's kind of what this felt. So my hope for Rhea is that she has something strong and, you know, it, it wouldn't be a bad thing to me if Shayna came back down and was like, you know, let's go again, because I don't see anything else on that roster for Rhea unless she gets in the mix with EO and 
and, and you know, and, and the like. And, and if that's the program, if they're going right away to EO and, and Rhea, okay, totally fine. But if they're not, I think she, I think they need something else because I don't see anything on the roster currently for her that would, uh, that would be good for her. I think it would be great to see her and Dakota and Raquel, you know, that feud. And then she can, you know, beat one and then beat the other. And so keep herself busy with that. While EO, you know, takes care and handles, you know, the Tegan match and then probably mm-hmm. Candace after that. So, um, and then EO and Rio would be great, but also like a good heel for Rio to play off would be Candace too, right? With, with Johnny and everything. So that could be interesting. So there's, there's a few ways they can go with her or she might be called up to the main roster now that Charlotte's, you know, Charlotte's uh, on the shelf. Maybe they they might need. They, I can ha- I can see them doing something like that, which is, you know, I hope they don't. I, I kind of want to see Rhea finish out um, at least this year on the NXT roster. All right, let's talk about Fighter Fest. I really liked the opener. I thought the opener was super hot. I thought um, Jungle Boy is a little redeemed for for how good he was in the match. I'm not the biggest fan of Luchasaurus, and that's kind of where I get, I think I get dragged down a little bit. Where you know, lots of people thought this was this was an awesome match, and I, I thought it was good, but I think the Luchasaurus kind of drags it down a little bit. Like originally, I know he had a lot of this, like you know, the crowd and stuff, and and that's probably part of it is that he's such a product of the crowd and and how they pop for him. But I come out of this thing thinking like. You know, if I'm if I'm buying stock in in the big guys, I'm buying stock in Wardlow rather than uh, Luchasaurus. But you know, MJF and and they're teasing that breakup. But I I really you know I, I really like Jungle Boy, so I really liked this match. I thought it was hot. It was kind of like the perfect opener for me when it comes to you know how to open like a, an interesting show, like a big show. And yeah, I really, I really like this match. It wasn't perfect. It, I didn't, I didn't, I don't know if I love it, but I, I just thought the, I, I thought the way that they set it up and everything was really good. Yeah, the only thing I really liked about this match was was how Jungle Boy looked. I thought they gave him some really big moments, and he countered some moments when he was in trouble. I know he took the heat early on, but I thought the psychology is all ass backwards. Like, like, you know, they did the early on, they, they cut the shine out. They got heat on, um, they got heat on jungle boy right away, which I thought, wow, man, they're probably gonna go for a short match. But then they hot tag to Luchasaurus. who came in and bumping everyone around. And then things got stopped and started over again. And then, and then, and then when Wardlow, and this is the best part, when Wardlow and Luchasaurus hook up again, they, they, they do the stare down. Like when they should have first done when they first got in the ring together, right? And then it was so funny because Excalibur goes, they're leaving off just like they left off right last Wednesday. I'm like, bro, they just collided and slammed each other a few minutes ago, right? Uh, and then the, the finish was a, was bad because first of all, you use the ring. The ring was meant nothing when 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 when. NJF had the ring on. He's going to hit Jungle Boy, but then you know he gets Jungle Boy moves that way. He knocks and he knocks uh, Wardler with it. It should lead to the that should lead to the finish right then and there. But no, he kicked out. Then he powers up like a monster. Ugh. Yeah. No. What's that? Well, he well or, well M- MJF did not hit him with a punch though. His leg got kicked or no, his arm got kicked 
into his hand. So it's not like he really punched him. It was more like mm. he like knocked into him. But it was a uh, punch, though. It was. I mean, a, he, his, his hand was cocked, but it's not like he threw the punch. It was like if you threw a jab and your jab was halfway out there. That's that's how it hit. It wasn't like he wheeled back and punched him because that's the one that he didn't hit. Yeah, I, I didn't like this. I didn't like this match at all. I mean, I I thought this is. I knew this, and I when I saw like there's some cool stuff. Like I thought the Canadian, Canadian destroyer thing was pretty cool. That Jungle Boy got to do. I thought uh, him flipping on the guardrail, land on his feet. I thought that stuff was cool. I thought he just he had some good moments, but I, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't give this match a thumbs up because of the psychology of it. So the other thing that I liked. Um, I liked the women's match if you take out like the last two minutes of it. <laughs> Maybe the last five. <laughs> so so when when they um when when Penelope Ford kicked out of the the uh Falcon arrow and the what whatever, like that like that part, like if if they would have gone right to Sheeta hits her move, boom, match over, I would have liked it so much better. But they did the Ford kicks out, then Ford hits her move, then Sheeta kicks out, and they go mm-hmm. back to Sheeta having to do her finish all over again. And so, you know, it was it was your Kenny Omega match. And and what I thought was, you know, that this has historically happened in sports where you have someone who is a fantastic player, and then when they go into like the coaching or or the mentoring role. What they fail to understand is why the people they are trying to teach it do not do it as well as they do. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to go, well, this is what I do, and then why don't you just do it? Because you, because there's like, you know, it's just some people are just more talented than others. So he's creating this match, which, you know, if he's in there with Okada, it would have been great. Um, but with the women, uh, the extra kickouts and the extra stuff at the end, I thought pulled the match down where if they would gone if they would have gone off because Penelope Ford showed that she's a she's a pretty darn good athlete she's not a good wrestler yet and she's I can still see her like trying to memorize stuff like she even hits her stunner and she couldn't remember or she didn't she was a little indecisive on whether she's supposed to celebrate or go for the pin and she was like right in the middle like she did like a half celebration it was like oh shit I gotta go pin and, and so it's that kind of stuff where she's, you know, she's not good at it yet, but, um, you know, she's a good athlete and I think she'll eventually get better. But if, if you take out just that, those, the over stuff, the kicking out of stuff, I thought the match was actually way better than I, than I would have anticipated. Yeah, I agree. It was better than I anticipated. Um, I thought Penelope Ford did a good job. I mean, you know, for her level of experience and, and I thought she did well she still has that same facial expression from the opening bell to the to the eh, to the last bell and um you know she needs to work on some lot she had a lot of things to work on but i mean i thought she she did she did really good so i was, I was you know i was happy for it i thought the match was like five minutes way too long i was getting tired of it um you know i don't i'm not a big fan of people kicking out of their finishers and 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 not and twice you know, like that, that first Falcon arrow was dumb because she hits it. And then all of a sudden, like, it just looked re- goofy when she just rolls her back. And now Penelope's, Penelope's, you know, 
pinning her. I thought that was, was was stupid. And then she kicks out of the Falcon Arrow again. And I'm like, oh, man, what is going on? And I, you're right. I just, one thing I thought about was like, oh, man, Kenny Omega must have been laying out this match. But, <laughs> but you know, they, they should have been like a 10 to 12 minute match or, you know, 10 minutes would have been perfect for them. And it's and, like Magic, Magic Johnson coaching the Lakers. He had to quit after 17 games because <laughs> he was just like, how come they're not good? Yeah, I don't yeah. get it. <laughs> yeah, and and you know Penelope hasn't been really featured. I mean, she got one pin on Sheeta. Before that, she's just been a, basically a manager. She's done some you know interference spots, so you know she's not established that. She's like this match, she was not ready to have this match just yet for her. Mm-hmm. Her they, they could they should have waited till she gets a little more experience and everything, but. I thought she did well for the most part with this match. Um, actually, I thought I thought be, I thought it was gonna be quick in the beginning. I thought, wow, this should that'd be awesome. It was just a quick squash too. Also, then like of course here again, Kip Saban, poor guy. Yeah, that was the dumb. That was maybe the dumbest thing of both shows. The ultimate geek, you know, which which is just unfortunate. I mean, I, I think he has something, but I think it's damn near gone. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry like, to say, but. Just having him get his butt kicked by Sheeta in of itself is like okay, like whatever. But the way that he tosses her the kendo mm-hmm. stick is so like cartoonish and goofy. I was just like, can we like go? Can we rewind thirty seconds and just remove this whole thing from the match yeah. and just let? Because yeah. it didn't have anything to do with the finish. I, I mean, it would be nice if they 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 kick him out and. He's out, but then Penelope Ford puts up this nice, great, and just really good effort against the champion and holds her own. And but then she just comes up short and she well, loses. I mean, that and, was the original story. He was not ringside. Yeah, it's just, it's just, ah, oh, man, I just feel bad for that guy. I just, I think they have something together if they would just do something with them. Well, and now um, he's in no man's land with uh, Jimmy Havoc on the shelf. So, well, that could be a good thing because I think they're, a, a, you know, other than sharing an apartment together. <laughs> Or whatever the hell they do <laughs> that they talk about on I don't know why they even talk about that on on commentary like they're roommates like <laughs> like I th- I think I think Jimmy Havoc held him down you know so yeah. all right what 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 is uh, on your like list not much because um, a lot of matches I just were disappointed like the match I was loving I was absolutely just loving the Cody Jake Hager match mm-hmm. until that finish yep. That's that's my exact thing. I, I liked ninety five percent of this. Match. I was like, finally, a pro wrestling match actually breaks out on this show, and it's going great. I love the story. I love the pacing. Um, you know, they're working. They're not, you know, just going out there doing a bunch of stuff. Everything's building and building and building, and then they. I just, I, I think they're trying to go with the the, the Frank Trigg. Um, Kind of something like that, right? The finish of uh, who's that? Trig and the JSP? No, not JSP. Wait, are you thinking of you know, the, the uh, choke out, knockout? Matt um, Hughes, Matt Hughes, and was it was, was it Frank Trig? Right? Was was it Trig? Yeah, I think I think you're right. Yeah, Matt Hughes, Frank Trig, something similar to that, right? Like you know, I, but what they did with that was made made Jake Hager look like a total goof goofball, a total idiot. Like, why wouldn't he let go? Like, he's been in pro wrestling for how many years and doesn't understand his shoulders are down on the mat? And all of a sudden, after all these moves and big power moves and kickouts and uh, kicking out of the springboard cutter, like, he can't, you know, shove off Cody, who just, you know, threw his body weight on him. Like, that was something. But I think that was the idea. I think that was the reason he didn't kick out is because he thought he had the submission. But 
his reaction was blaming the ref rather than being frustrated at himself getting outsmarted by the baby face. Mm-hmm. And I think his reaction made it even worse because we're like, wait, you're mad at the ref because you're an idiot. <laughs> like that was the, that was the thing. Um, yeah, I was I was really confused about the finish while I was watching it because I I think the angle that they shot the the choke was off or maybe I looked down or something because no it was put, the, it was a bad angle yeah I couldn't tell that he had the choke in and that's what happened it just looked like Cody jumped on top of him to me that's what it looked like but then when it was explained I was like oh okay that's a sm- that that's cool if it if it works and if you guys do it well but I didn't think that did did it well yeah the, you know that no it worked. A submission hold uh, being reversed into a pin really worked. Like they need to go back and watch 2006 No Way Out with an Undertaker and Kurt Angle when Undertaker locks on that triangle choke and then under- and Kurt Angle just flips over yep. into a jackknife pin. Like that was perfect. I've booked. Um, I'm, not, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I'm just saying like um, you know there's a we had a wrestler at APW named Dana Lee and he was like all into pride on mixed martial arts and he was wanted to do that. You know. He wanted to do the MMA style. And so he wrestled um, Brian Cage. I had Brian Cage on the show. And it was a two out of three falls match. And, you know, he went, I, I, in the first fall, I had Danny lose. I said, well, lock on your arm bar submission. And as you go for it, like a flying arm bar, he's going to stack you with in the arm bar and he's going to pin you. And that was the first fall. So, so I mean, there's moves that would make sense, like getting caught like that, right? I don't think the head and arm choke really worked for this, what they wanted. So, I mean, I know that's his move. I think they could have. I'd rather have seen them do like something else, but I understand. I guess Jake Hager's fighting again. It seems like because it sounds like know. he's going to be suspended. I mean, that's from from hitting the referee. Um, but that just really bummed me out because, like I said, I, I watched NXT first, and then so I watched this. I'm like, oh great, man! This is like you know probably my second favorite match of the night. You know, or you know, uh, you know with the uh, with EO and Sasha, and then and then the finish really brought it down for me. All right, so now uh, I'm going to my dislikes with Fighter Fest. Private parties roll-ups for pins are like the um what what's the opposite of snug? The loosest? Like like I, I get you know that that we often make this comment that they go through the motions and they're just going for one thing to get to another to get to another so they can do their fancy move, but when you're actually pinning someone and you roll someone up, you should at least try to win even if you're not even if that's not the fall. And two times in a row, I don't even remember which guy it was. Um, he kind of just rolls them up so loosely, and it makes the guy who's being pinned look like an idiot because. He shouldn't even. He shouldn't. It shouldn't even be a one count. How light that pin was, mm-hmm. that roll up was, and so that match was not good. I didn't like it. Um, and, but I'm not gonna like any private party matches, right? Because I can't. I like the 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 finisher is great. Like that. Like the their actual finisher is fantastic. It's probably one of my favorite actual tag team moves. And that. But I can't overlook all the stuff in between the match and just go. Oh yeah, they have a great finisher. Like it's just. It's so hard for me to watch their matches. No, they're way they're way behind the ball when it comes to you know the learning curve of wrestling. Uh, the, the the small fundamental stuff they don't do. They don't they don't do. I don't know who trained them. They you know they there's the typical indie stuff. I mean guys doing just they're just doing this. They're they're so bored. They, they don't care about 
you know, a tight pin to make it look like they're winning matches. They're, they're just want to get to the next spot. They're going to do this big dive or some kind of cool, fancy, fancy flip or something like that. Instead of like, you know, the small details, what brings you into matches, that's what really makes the, those big moments bigger because it's, you know, you get locked in, you suspend disbelief and it's all, it's, you need to, everything needs to work. You need to, you know, a, a headlock needs to be important. You know, you mean tight on it, you know, a body scissors needs to be tight. Like people get so lazy on stuff. And, and this is what happens when you got, you know, this experience level guys doing this on this, on, on TV, they, you know, they get exposed and this match didn't like to you just because it felt the same. Like it's a bunch of moves. I saw a bunch of moves in Sheeta and Penelope. I saw a bunch of moves in the opening tag match. Like there's nothing really different about this match. I'd much rather see Pride and Powerful be the brawling guys, right? I'd rather see them be the punch and kicking kind of team. And maybe pull out a couple of big moves here and there. But, like, they're still doing the same kind of flippy stuff. And it just, I don't know. It just It would it would have been a better match if that would happen. If, it, if Pride and Powerful would have just stuck with the brawling and let the, let the kids do the flying, I think it would have been a much better match. All right. So the other thing I didn't like about this show is, and it's not really that I didn't like the match. It's just as a main event, if you're going to have the tag team titles, uh, I already, you know, the best friends are already sort of, to me, just like the ultimate mid-card tag team. Uh, but it, I mean, it was kind of a little bit of a, I wouldn't call it a squash. It wasn't a squash match, but in, in at no time in this match did I think best friends had 0.01 chance of winning. And I think that's not good when it's the main event of your Fighter Fest show. That uh, And may- maybe if this match isn't in the main event, maybe if it's Cody and Hager in the main event, I probably think differently about this match. But yeah. in no no way was was this competitive in, in my mind going into it. And they didn't do anything to make me believe it was. Yeah, no, same. I mean, I mean in the build-up the last week for... Like I talked about last week, the the nonchalant like, <laughs> like they're not even excited about being in this title match the way they were doing their little promo. Like I didn't, they weren't selling me on like I really need to see these guys challenge for the titles. So best friends are just, you know, they're I think they're honestly pretty overrated. I think I think uh, Beretta, I, I I really noticed a lot of weakness here in this game. Like dude, like do you have to keep trying to fix your hair after every freaking <laughs> move you take? Like who gives a crap about your damn bandana, dude? Like come on. It's like he like stops and like all of a sudden he's fine. He's just fixing his hair. It's like, bro. Wait, do we uh, think he's got like a bald spot or something? I don't know what his insecurity is about his about his receding hairline is, but shoot, man. If I was a heel, I'm pulling that son of a bitch off and tossing it in the crowd. Yeah, <laughs> pissing him off. Fire him up at least, damn. And then Chuck Taylor, like, what the hell? Is he I know he's was he working on his COVID body? It's like Okay, so I have a question about this. So People call him skinny fat. And I said, at what point is he just fat? No, he's skinny fat. No, you know, he's fat. He's not skinny fat. No, 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 no. Skinny fat's different. Yeah. No. C- CM Punk, I get it. But CM Punk is actually skinny. He's just not, doesn't have abs. He's not muscular. He's just a skinny guy who's like got loose. Ch- he, Chucky T is fat. Like his belly was hanging over his waistline. I'm like, I, like there's a time where you become fat and not he, you're not skinny fat anymore. He's just like he has no facial expression. He just he has he has I feel like he's bored out there. That's what I, it comes off to me. Like he's just bored out there. Um I Omega too is is just now he's like maybe he's just playing into Jim Cornette's you know ribbon on him about the 
the jazz hands and all that kind of stuff. Like he's now he's over. Either that, I'm just noticing him more. Like he's just way over the top with his body language and it's just totally just crazy. And um, um, I don't know. This match wasn't that good. I actually think they should have ended with Cody and Hager uh, with a better finish. You know, but I know they wanted uh, the 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 ending with the young bucks and FTR and everything. Yeah, I thought. I, this is where inexperience on Tony Khan's part coming. Like there was, it just kind of like kept going. The end, the shoving, like there was no like moment where like, oh man, and then like they got to go off the air. Like it should have been a point where you know, because you know FTR and Young Bucks are are teaming next week, right? So, so you know they could be you know, Young Bucks could play like the peacemakers in this, right? But all of a sudden, like. FTR shoves down Nick Jackson. I'd probably pick Nick because he's more of the sympathetic brother of the of the Young Bucks. Pushes him down. All of a sudden, oh shoot! And then Jim Ross is like, oh my god, they got to rest. They got to team with together next, you know, next week. Whoa, you know, and then they go off the air. Like it was kind of just like a lot of like ass grabbing until like they went off the air. And I'm like, what is so exciting about that? And um, yeah, I thought that was a wasted opportunity. All right, last thing for me as far as dislikes. <clears throat> I am absolutely over Chris Jericho calling Santana and Ortiz street thugs. <laughs> it is 2020 and oh. he needs to understand that only one type of person these days is, is being called a thug and it has to do with their race and the color of their skin. And I know Ortiz and Santana are probably okay with that because that is you know that they want to they want this tough gimmick but you know it, when when you have <clears throat> the president of the united states calling any african-american a thug like there there's a racial connotation to that word and the literal definition of thug is a violent criminal so unless they're like stabbing someone or whatever like it we we don't need to do that like i i i've i posted that on twitter and i had so many people respond and say that you know they're because of the their race and their nationality they hate that word so much and you know the aew is supposed to be better than that and so you know it's it's for heat whatever you know you want to use that language for heat but they could use a different word. He doesn't have to say it. He says it multiple times every show, and it just shows that he is a little uh, insensitive to what's going on in, in the real world right now. So he needs to mm-hmm. t- he needs to discontinue using that phrase for forever. Like it just needs to stop. Yeah, yeah. I, I was also getting a little tired of Jericho as the show kept going. I, I you know what I you know what I did not like all my dislikes the the Orange Cassidy angle with him. He didn't do I anything. Thought that was. I thought that was just like boring. Like nothing really happened. It was like a little shoving match and he walked away. Like to me, that wasn't interesting at all. I, I mean, I, way too cute, way too cute. And also the, like, I really like the, you know, <laughs> I really liked the last couple of weeks of what they'd done to build mm-hmm. this matchup. But like, then, then I'm like, okay, cool. Then what are they going to do here? Right. And like, that's what they gave us. Like this little shove and and Jericho going crazy, but it was like, it was so over the top, right? I didn't really believe he was really upset, you know? Well, I think the idea is, is that, what was it, three weeks ago or whatever, where Jericho's like, I completely understand who you are. You do these little things because it's like a change up, like we we talked about, you know? Mm -hmm. You're trying to throw people off. I I know you. It's, you know, I'm not going to fall for this. 
And then this last week, it was kind of like he he couldn't like he he just fell for it because he was so frustrated. I think that's what they were trying to do, but um, yeah, it was it was it was uh, it was you know they had one extra week too long to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I had to rewind. I rewinded it because I'm like, wait, did I miss something? I think that I- I, somebody said that. I think Cassidy. We were supposed to think that he actually fell asleep while being on commentary. I think that's what someone said. Oh, great. All right. That, what, that was, what else? Um, but I did like the uh, the Taz promo. I like the Taz promo. I thought Taz was great, but also even better. Even even, even the the best part of it was when Jim Grumpy Old Jim Ross <laughs> points out. So I would never let Brian Cage watch out here with the t-shirt on. <laughs> yeah, he said. He said if he had Brian Cage's body, he would never wear a T-shirt. <laughs> oh, that was freaking awesome! God dang it! Well, Jim Ross, god dang it, go to talk to Tony Khan and say, "Listen, dude, like, or go to Brian Cage. Like, what are you doing out there, man? You look like you look like no one else. You know, you look like this this Greek god. Like, why are you going out there with?" bright red pants white shoes and a black shirt <laughs> mm-hmm. you know at least if you're gonna wear those stupid pants at least take the shirt off right <laughs> so i thought that was that was that that gave me a really good laugh that was that was fun i, I jim ross had some good grumpy grumpy jim ross lines i think you think he may have said something about chucky e. t he always talks about chucky e. t and his uh his uh his body which well, i jim ross had a line that if they re-show this show, they need to edit it out. Um, oh, my God. Oh, I must have missed that one. Like, oh, how did I miss that one? There how was, did I miss that um, There was a line about Sheeta. I think it was during the Sheeta match where he said something and he was like the Asian one or he said something like that. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm trying to remember what it was. I remember I thought, and I thought the same, I thought, Ooh, maybe people are going to jump on him with that. <laughs> you know? Well, there, there's another, uh, there, there's another line in, uh, when, when we talk on Monday about the WCW Saturday night where this is not Jim Ross's fault, but there's a, there, there's a, a move that Terry Bam Bam Gordy uses that was called a certain name that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not not good for necessary for 2020, but we'll we'll talk about that on uh, Monday show. Um, okay, so I, as I as I've been listening to you, you thought you liked the NXT show better. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the AEW show better because it felt to me it felt more like a special show. NXT, um, and this is WWE in a nutshell, right? This is why they're doing stuff like, you know, all these cinema matches, and it's why Extreme Rules is the horror show or whatever they're calling it, is because they know that they're taping in the same building all the time. TV looks the same. You know, Raw looks the same as SmackDown, looks the same as NXT. I'm not watching 205 Live, never have. But I imagine it just looks the same because they're all taped like in, in succession. AEW tapes two hours of Dynamite and then whatever is ends up on Dark. So they don't have to tape as much TV as WWE does. I like the look of that AEW show way more. It felt a little bit more like a special show. Um, some of that, though, is stuff that I don't like, which is people not wearing masks and them being sort of on top of each other. I I think Mm -hmm. it's really irresponsible to do so. And it's kind of frustrating, but I get why they do it because they probably think that it makes the show feel livelier and okay. Like I get it, but you know, so, so there's a cost and, and there's a benefit 
to, to to both of those ideas. But I did it did feel to me like AEW felt like their show was a little bit more important. It felt like the booking was a little bit more lively. The guys worked harder. And when I watched NXT, I thought mostly what I think about every NXT show that I think is good, which is wrestling is good. Everything was sort of good. I had fun watching, but it didn't feel like to me like this was something that they thought was that big of a deal. They just thought it was, oh, we're just going to have a really good TV show. Oh, I thought, I, can't, I wouldn't say they, they didn't think it was a big deal. You know, they put their, you know, the best foot forward with production. I thought I thought the place looked great. The only thing that was tough is the crowd they have with the NXT. Yeah, because they have um, the glass thing. Well, not just that. It's just they tape so much that man, it's so hard to keep that up, that energy up. And I thought some points and they could have been louder. They could have been, you know, but they're, they're taping, like I said, too much. Like, like they're great at in your house, right? Like they were super loud and and over the top. Like I thought they should have brought that energy to this show. But man, but how do you? They're doing Raw. They're doing SmackDown. They're doing Two Hundred Five Live. They're doing NXT. Multiple shows on both, right? So. I think their energy was a little down. I don't want to put the heat on them and say, "Oh, they, they should have done better." It's just I, I don't. I also don't blame them because it's like, how much time can you scream and yell and you know every day? It just kind of takes a toll on you too. No, I mean I I agree one hundred percent, but at the same time, you know I can't. I, I mean I, I I definitely give them a slight benefit of the doubt, but the, there there's just a difference. You you can sense the difference when you watch both shows. That you know to AEW they feel like. That live crowd for that two hours is very important, and those people get jazzed up. And on NXT, the feeling is this is like the sixth hour of a taping on a day, and 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 like that that's the reality of the situation. But I can't like I can't give AEW a demerit because WWE tapes so many hours. So yeah, I think AEW they they have a nice benefit of too. Like they now obviously they're letting more friends and family in, right and. So I know W was trying to do that, but then the whole COVID stuff really hit them. So they had to put the brakes on that. But uh, yeah, because they weren't testing. So I mean, not not that AEW should allow the non masks and and the the non social distancing as they do, but the fact of the matter is that WWE didn't even start testing until a week ago or whatever. So that yeah, of course, like you know they they need to take so many crazy precautions now because. You know, they got real talent who tested positive. So that's a scary thing. And I, I'm glad that they finally, you know, they finally came to their senses. But man, like that, that was, that's a, you know, that, that's a, such a scary situation. So and it's and also two different philosophies of shows, right? You have AEW where it's more like just go out there and, you know, go crazy, do a bunch of stuff. You know, we want action, action, action. We're like, you know, you still, you know, still booking pro wrestling and they're still booking, like I said, different matches with different styles and different, you know, like I said, that's one thing about AEW, which sometimes drives me nuts and it driving us this show was that, you know, a lot of matches are the same. A lot of big moves, a lot of multiple kicks out of moves, a lot of, you know, big near falls that, you know, weren't needed. And just every, like I said, every match felt the same. I felt like the opener, Sheeta, Penelope, um, um, the Pride and Powerful, and Party City, and then um, and then the main event was like basically all similar matches to me. So I think if you can, I think if you have good matches with people who fans care about, I think you can get away with some of that stuff. But on the flip side. 
with NXT. I care nothing, like zero, about Dexter Loomis. I care maybe a slight bit more about Rob Stone, maybe a slight bit more about Aaliyah, and they were in the, the smack dab right in the middle of that show. So as much as I dislike some of the wrestling style on AEW, because yeah, there's a lot of sameness, at least those characters, those wrestlers, are that, that are in those programs, I generally am waiting to see what is next. And I think that also is why I slightly like the AEW show better, because if you get... Now, you're going to give me Keith Lee and Adam Cole next week, it's probably going to be a, a different story, because that is a program that I can really sink my teeth into, because Keith Lee is just... He's on another level for me right now. And look, I, I really I like Sasha and EO, and EO too, but you know, you 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 have a lot of that stuff in the middle that I just was couldn't wait for it to be over. And and then you know we got to a good main event, and and so it's not like I thought AEW blew them out of the water. I thought it was close, but it's just there that that show felt a little bit livelier to me. It felt less uh, WWE weekly television. And and that is not necessarily a bad thing, except when the other show just feels a little bit more special, and I didn't sense that specialness outside of the sets. It was great, but you know, it was just like, oh, this is a, this is a good episode of NXT. So, um, okay, so we will uh, we will be back on Monday with our we want flair. Not we want flair. Our WCW Saturday Night <laughs> segment. We're going to talk about uh, the July Fourth episode from 1992. Uh, like I mentioned as well, I'm going to try to get doing on so we can do a little bit about the New Japan Cup and crossing my fingers. I'm not promising anything, but I do hope whether it's on Monday or maybe our, our show on Thursday that I do get a little bit from Big Dave on the UFC show because a really good UFC pay per view next week, and um, you know there's also stuff going on in boxing. And at some point, I will bring on one of our boxing guys because there's news, but I don't sense uh, people, you know, when you make, when you're making fights in boxing in this COVID time, like, it's just like, okay, like that is cool, but I still don't buy it that it's going to happen because there's no fans and you have no gate. So mm-hmm. there's stuff happening, but I'm, you know, we're not going to talk about it until it becomes a little it's bit like more. stuff, stuff to get them talking, right? Yeah. Wet I mean, the lips, wet the lips a little bit, but then... Yeah, yeah. Back up. Everything changes too, right? Because you know, Mm -hmm. at some point in the world, we were like, "Oh, you know, curve is slowing down. It's you know, it's it's looking good." And then everyone opens up, and now the cases it's like worse than ever. So you know, this thing, you know, if you can, if you can predict what the states are going to do and what the counties are going to do. Uh, and what the people are going to do, then you can say, okay, well, maybe in October we'll we'll be able to have a section of fans there. But nobody knows because the cases are freaking out of control. Florida had something like ten thousand cases today. So crazy. I mean, California wasn't much better. We had like nine thousand. So it's just ridiculous. People, you know, people who don't want to wear masks are just like, this is my body and I can do it. It's like, yeah, great. Now we, but we all have to sit in detention because you're a jackass. Like that's, that's essentially what it is. Like everyone's going to take one for the team with someone that they don't like, who's not being a good teammate. So, uh, yeah, but that's just the deal. We'll, we'll, I don't imagine things are going to change anytime soon. 
Um, okay, so like I said, be back Monday um, with John and I and, and probably some special guests. So uh, for John, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.